This is a Strips Trust podcast. All news and all views expressed in the podcast are those of the contributors, not necessarily those of Morecambe Football Club. Yeah, 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 yeah. God, I believe me. Blessing in the land is Morecambe FC. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As long as me. Blessing in the land is Morecambe FC. Well, uh, here we are. We're back uh, after a week off for uh, Joel to have some uh, some nice rest. Not Joel, Joel. Yeah, oh, sorry. Yeah, if, you, if you're watching this, you'll get that one. Um, thanks for listening and watching to this edition of ShrimpNet, uh, the podcast of the Shrimps Trust. This week, we have, as always, a representative from the board uh, in full kit with his usual enthusiasm, hot desking, in fact. He doesn't like sitting down. Um, I think he might have piles, actually. It's James Wakefield. Welcome along, James. <laughs> nice to see you, Freeze. <laughs> uh, and our man from the dressing room this week uh, is the fast raiding overlapping fullback, uh, fresh from another last gasp winner. Uh, and as I've said previously, on one of the finest pylons uh, seen at Brenton Park for some years, it's Joel Senior. Joel, first time for you here. Uh, thank you very much for doing this. Uh, has anybody in the dressing room told you what to expect? Uh, not really, no, to be honest. I think I remember a couple of lads at the, like, towards the start of the season telling me that he was doing it, but I, to be honest, I forgot to ask him how, how it went. But yeah, I've been told, I, I was with uh, a few of the lads this morning and asked if they've done it, and they said it's it's all good, it's all very welcoming, and there's some good questions, so I look forward to it. Yeah, yeah, we like, we like to keep it light. So anyway, where do we start? Well, I'm going to start with... Um... Last Saturday's game against the Sutton Globetrotters. <laughs> uh, when, when he came out at the start, I was like, oh, my God, look at the size of these. They're bigger than bloody Colchester. Uh, scored early, and um, it, it worked for us, that one, really, because it was a war of attrition, uh, Joel's, Joel Jr., I shall call you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this might have been uh, 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 an... A certain age older than Joel Senior that I'm I'm not going to let on on the podcast, but uh, <laughs> but um, no, yeah, it was it was it was a really good performance. I think you know we've had that really really bright start. Uh, obviously, Joel's been really involved with the with the goals. A really good move between him and Charlie Brown down the right, and then um, good bit of movement from Jed in the box. It's good to see Jed Garner, you know, after especially after the penalty miss against Colchester, yeah, getting amongst the goals, but not just getting amongst the goals, getting into areas because. Yeah, it was a good bit of movement. His first goal against Crawley that was coming in at the coming in at the front post as well. So at the end of the day, you want your striker to be getting, in, getting into good positions because yeah, okay, a few chances might go by the wayside, but the more they get into good positions, the more chances you'll get and the more goals you'll get. So it's what you want to see. Um, I thought Sutton were Sutton. Were, I thought first off particularly, I thought they pressed really well. They made it quite difficult uh, difficult for us to play. Uh, and you got to say fair credit to them for that. You know they, you know, they made it really difficult for us. They turned the ball over quite a lot, and they had a little bit of joy from that, but probably didn't quite have the quality to maybe turn that into any real kind no of tangible. Fair. Yeah, to turn that into real tangible chances. And I thought just as the game went on, and especially in the second half, you know, as they're pushing more people forwards, trying a few different things. Space is going to open up in the break, and we probably should have had a second, maybe even third goal in the second half. Obviously, we've had one roll out of side um, because 
uh, well, it, it looked a very, very tight call. I don't think you can give too much grief to the uh, to the liner over that one because it did look very, I, I, very, I, very marginal. So yeah, yeah, which is frustrating. Yeah, some 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 go for you, some don't. But uh, and then obviously right the death. Uh, you know, I, I'm not quite sure how uh, Joel's managed to make up the ground that quickly. But the one he's obviously squared to Garner and. I think he's tried to roll it across and it's maybe like bobbled up and he's not quite caught it or something like that. Uh, but yeah, that's not going in. But at the end of the day, you know, you look at the numbers behind the, the game as well. I thought we thoroughly deserved the win. I did think Sutton shot themselves in the foot actually a little bit in that second half with the substitutes they made. They put the big lad, Harry Smith, up top, who is fantastic at holding the ball up and winning stuff in the air. But I thought it kind of took away Sutton's biggest threat against us, which was the fact that they could press us high and had a lot of energy and yeah. we're getting in our faces. Obviously, Harry Smith is very good at holding the ball up and being a target man, but I don't think he offers quite the same amount of energy and running. So that kind of maybe played in our favour a bit, but ultimately, you know, we showed a lot of quality and I thought most times we got into their half, we were looking pretty dangerous and I thought we were well worth the three points. And uh, James, as I, as I alluded to at the start, uh, when the uh, when the Sutton Globetrotters were coming out, I was like, oh, God, no Faz. On a day like then, when we needed Faz, it was like his bread and butter is, oh, I could have this all day, and he wasn't there, but we dealt with him pretty well. But uh, the first half was fairly even. They they did win the ball back a lot, but didn't really create much, and that frustrated us. But the second half, we did push on, um, and I'm going to obviously – I'll ask Joel about that when we come to it, but a, a better second-half performance, and really – a more fitting scoreline was two or three nil, but it was always it was always one of them games where you just thought they might have something in them in right through the ninety, didn't you? Yeah, I, I think maybe maybe you, and you're right. I mean, they, they weren't just massive, but they won three quarters of the aerial jewels in the game, and we were obviously missing fires. It may not have been that bad, but they did. They won seventy five percent of the aerial jewels in the game. Um, I think maybe they were slightly flattered by that and the, the, the possession and the passing just because they didn't actually create very much. And as Joel says, in fact, I think every week now you should put Joel last because he says he does such a good review of each game. There's nothing less for anybody else to say. <laughs> but yeah, we, we created chances. We, we that's, that's, and that's what the game's all about. And, um, and it could have been 2 or 3 nil, And it doesn't really matter, does it? You can all with three points and you're happy. Um, I thought I thought Joel uh, Singer had a very good game again, um, and I think the, the trouble we're causing down the flanks now, um, both with, with Joel and, and David, is becoming a real thing for opposition. I imagine the analysts are really, are really watching that now because the last few games, that the amount of times we're coming out wide and, and either Joel or, or David are, are there. Um, but no, it was it was good. Could have been two or three nil. Um, they were really good in the air. So I'll come to you now, Joel Senior, not Junior. Um, well, was there a, was there a change of plan from Jed at half time, or did you just say move it quicker and and get it in there half quicker? What was it? No, I think it was just about uh, being patient. Obviously, I thought we started the game really well. Obviously, me and Charlie linked up quite quite well early on in the game, and then I, I don't think I saw the the ball as much um, towards a lot of stages of the, the first half. And then the, the gaffer just said, "Keep keep being patient. Just just." Uh, you'll get the ball, and I felt like second half that they obviously needed need the points with where they are on the table, and we just had to be patient. And then when we won the ball back or landed on the seconds, that space was there. And obviously, the two substitutes as well that came on who freshened up, uh, Slew and Guion, I thought were very very effective in the game, and they they helped us a lot, which which I thought uh, kind of like took the 
game in our favour a lot more than than it was because it was kind of we was winning and we was probably the better team, but it was it was kind of in the balance. And obviously, when we made the substitutions, that I thought they helped massively. And me and Guion uh, linked up well. Slew did really well when he came on, and I thought I thought that was probably a thing that because they started the second half well when the gaffer made the changes. I thought the game flipped on its head again, back in our favour. Yeah, it's a fair point you make there because Jordan come, comes on and he's a he's a completely different. Um, Julian Larson uh, had a had a quiet game, but uh, he's quite slight and he's quite he's he's obviously a great footballer. But Slewy comes on and he's a completely different ball game, isn't he? He's all muscle and power and uh, and he got amongst them. And uh, Guion came on. He's got such quick feet, and I know you've you, you've you've picked up a great relationship with him on the right hand side already. But I want to come back to what you said there, really, because the first sort of ten minutes, you set the goal up. You and Charlie did well on the right, and then I think I think you, you we managed to manufacture Charlie one on one as well, and he, he, the keeper made a save there. And I thought, well, you know, we're, we're we're raiding down the right, and I think it's a fair point you make that they did work very well in shutting you down there, didn't they? Yeah, well, uh, maybe maybe it was their tactically that their wing back started. I think he was pushing a bit higher once once we started. After the first 15 minutes, just probably maybe stop us getting the ball as much because we was creating a bit of an overload on that side. And then probably just not not getting the ball as much because they always wanted it to be a scrappy game where where we was gonna where it was about competing and we're not the biggest side and and compared to them especially. So it was just about being patient and that's what I felt that we did in the second half a lot better because if I, I felt like if we me and Charlie got on the ball a lot more and I hope the pitch we were causing more problems, but I felt we, we found out quite hard with how the game was to, to find us in them spaces. But three points hard earned. We went on to Prenton Park on Tuesday night. Uh, Tranmere uh, was we're quite a happy hunting ground the last time we went there in the uh, in the playoffs and beaten there 2-1, uh, which was a, a lovely feeling. But uh, it was always going to be a difficult game. Uh, bizarrely, um, an awful start, Joel, an absolutely terrible start, and yet possibly right up there with one of our best performances of the season, from what I could see after that. Yeah, no, I, I, I'd, I'd agree, really. I think the the thing that Trammy have having abundance of is pace up front. Obviously, they've got uh, Rob Apter and they've got Harvey Saunders, and they're both super quick players, and they've got a bit of quality around it as well. So, yeah, we just... We just didn't defend it very well in those first kind of 10 minutes and they, they very much punished us. But that was despite even the first 10 minutes playing good football on the ball, but just obviously not quite watching out enough for, for the threat that they, and not quite dealing well enough with the threat that they posed, you know, with the long balls over the top and the balls in behind and the, and the pace that they had. But, you know, fair play, like it almost, in, in quite a weird way, it reminded me of when we lost to Grimsby. Uh, because I remember we went up within like a minute or two in in that game, and I thought Grimsby did really really well not to kind of shake from their game plan. They they just stuck at the game plan, and eventually they, their game plan worked. They obviously had a tactic and they how they wanted to deal with us. It was being quite physical and everything, and it worked well against us. And, and they didn't let that early setback that, that we gave them set them back. And obviously the game that we were trying to play uh, on t- and successfully played on Tuesday was quite a lot different to what Grimsby were trying to play against us. It was much more on the deck and a lot of uh, positional kind of like rotations and everything and not really nice passing, but we didn't let that setback 
kind of thorough stuff our stride team, which was really good to see. And yeah, I think we yeah we thoroughly deserve the win. I think you're looking at most comments from Tranmere people, and they're they're saying the same thing as well. Some of the passing and movement was really really nice. Just I I, I just yeah just it's really interesting to watch the way that all the players are kind of moving into different positions. You had Titonda, sometimes he'd be coming almost yeah. into a central midfield position. And then so obviously other times he'd be bombing down the left flank. Um, I remember Kambeni, he was often kind of, sometimes he's on that deep midfield role, then pushing a bit further up, then almost sometimes kind of deputising on the wing, switching with Titonda sometimes. It was really, really cool to see what the, everybody was doing. And obviously Jake Taylor in that kind of, quarterbacky kind of role that's really yeah, nice quite, he, well. he suits that he's yeah he's always he really, suiting that as jake he, he, he has, really does suit best it. position for me it's really nice to see him settling into that role and it's obviously that something that partly through maybe people like eli king going back to cardiff and oh sorry up to ross county and uh it's kind of opened that spot up for him and he's and he's and he's done really well in it so just really positive to see lots of really good football played again effective Effective subs bringing on uh, Guion and Slui. You know, I thought, you know, actually, I thought they actually had more of a noticeable effect against Sutton uh, at the weekend. I thought, yeah, Slui did uh, terrible, terrible things to their their right back. Uh, again, <laughs> for Sutton's right back, it, it was a bit of a humbling for him, I thought. But then, uh, yeah, Slui carried on the tradition of um, scoring with your uh, somewhere in the midriff area uh, away at Tranmere, <laughs> carrying that off of the playoff campaign. And then, uh, yeah, the free kick to win it right at right the death. And I think probably worth just saying before, actually, before Slurry's goal, obviously, uh, really great work from uh, Joel down the right, getting that cross in. And then uh, before the free kick to win it, it was a fantastic touch by Guillaume in touch. the middle of the park. It's yeah. an incredible first touch. And obviously, yeah. he's gone around a few people. And he's probably about to play Jed Garner uh, through one-on-one. So, you know... We, we we threatened the whole game. We looked really good. We looked looked a really good passing, accomplished football side, and created a lot of chances. And we won it in dramatic fashion, but we probably deserved to win it a little bit more comfortably. But you know, in, in it's <laughs> it's nice having those dramatic wins. It's well, it's obviously better than the comfortable wins, even if it is a, a bit more. Uh, Filled with jeopardy in it, yeah, and it gives you a bit more anxiety, but yeah, well deserved. And yeah, what a way to win a game! Just a ridiculous free kick that I was obviously telling him, Don't shoot when I was sat there watching it on iPhone. I like, yeah, I, like, not... I like, I like Jed, Jed's interview afterwards when, when he said we were all on the bench going, Well, no, well, he, he's not going to hit it, he's obviously going to dink it in. Oh my god, <laughs> well, maybe, maybe it was all in the dummy run from Joel. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think he said that, that was um, yeah, obviously you supplied the cross for Slewy, so you you must have quite a few assists this season, and and I'd class that dummy run as an assist as well, Joel, don't you? Oh, I'll take it, I'll take it. If, if that's what they're giving them out for, then we'll, then I'll be on a few more than just what I'm on now. Uh, one one of the things that did occur to me while I was I was watching it was that the the pitch was in very good condition, James, and I think that helped us with the. And I do say this now: it, it, the pass and move was absolutely fantastic the other, the other day. I just, it's like we've played some good stuff this season, but we were very, very easy on the eye, and it was nice to watch. It, it really was, as Joel said. The Tranmere fans noticed it. I thought you're right; the pitch was in, in good nick. Um, they were good hosts, and they seemed like good sports as well in terms of the comments after the game. Um, I, I, I almost feel like 
trying to say this in the right way, so I don't get um, pilloried for it. But like the team, the team, Joel, you are part of that 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 that, that Jed's managing. Given all the changes and given the budgetary differences in the league, and given you know the manager going and all of these different things, we we're playing remarkably remarkably well at the moment. The last few games, it's been really impressive. Like nobody can watch the games now and not say. Yeah, Morecambe deserved to win that, and deserved and looked like looked like there was an extra gear. And I thought the performance the other night it reminded me of the the comeback against Doncaster back in January twenty two. Yeah. Not because of the score change, because we were three down, three down in that and one four defeat. But more because the body language. When we went two down. There wasn't a single head that dropped. You could yeah. look around. Everybody's like looking to get on the ball. Everybody's looking to get forwards. When Charlie Brown scored that goal, it was like the whole team was. Right back to the halfway line. It wasn't like we scored a goal. Well, that's good. Let's get in half yeah. time. It's like, right, let's get back on. And it, it is. I think people are beginning to notice it. Like certainly some of the pundits who follow League Two and League One more closely, they're just noticing the spirit and the heart that is in the team and also in the fans. And yeah, there's there's something there's something quite exciting happening. And it it comes about because people don't give up. And it comes about because you can see it in the body language of the players. I remember when we when um, when we scored the first back against Doncaster, and the whole team was back in the half. It's ridiculous. It's three one at that point. It was exactly the same the other night. No business to be that confident. But Jed said it after the game. He said he was watching it. He was like, I knew we were going to win. And he, you know what? The body language said that. It did suggest that, which is amazing. Well, you're right actually, because if you look at the if you watch watch the Jordan Slew goal back from Joel's cross. He almost trips over the ball trying to get it back to the half. Yeah, he's thinking really joy. He's like, get the ball, let's go back. It's two apiece, let's get another. So you're right, yeah, I hadn't really really clocked that, but you're absolutely right. I mean, that that spirit, that heart, I mean, that that, that could carry us an awful long way. That really could. So it's it's, it's just really exciting to see. And no, I'm, I'm just a fan when I watch a game like that. And Oh, it's just it's just wonderful to see it when there's that level of spirit on show. It's just exciting. So, it, Joel, that, we've we've now got a punch on for the uh, the late goals. Obviously, uh, you started this trend uh, at Sutton back in uh, October uh, yeah. when uh, 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 it's fantastic on the on the on the highlight video. You can hear somebody shout "shoot," and you did, and it went in, <laughs> yeah. and, uh, uh, which was uh, you know, and that was a great pile on, but. Uh, obviously, there was a, a late Jed Garner goal at Crawley. Um, there was a really late Charlie Brown goal at MK Dons, and then obviously, where the hell did that free kick from come from? From Jacob Davenport? Did anybody expect him to do that? Oh, you know what? I think I'll. Uh, I'm thirty yards out. I think I'll kill this in top bins. Uh, yeah, go on then, mate. Yeah, crack <laughs> on. Unbelievable goal. That must have been a fantastic game to play in, mate. Yeah, it was, and obviously, there's no no better way to. To win games of football, obviously, than, than scoring last minute. And it's a funny one because me and Jacob went to primary school together, went to high school together. So I've, I've known him since I was a little kid. And like, he is an unbelievable footballer, especially technically. Like, so I kind of do have faith in him. It was me and him over the ball, but I knew that he, he was the, the one who was going to take it, especially on his left foot there. And he scored three kicks before in his in his career. So I actually did have did have a, a bit of. A bit of confidence in him, even though it's from that far. Yeah, it was it was some hit, but the uh, like I say, we need to discuss the pylon now because uh, subs were running on. Uh, Jed got booked, even though he didn't run on, but other people who ran on didn't get booked. Where, where that one out? 
And I've seen, I've seen the video from my rope and it's funny, all the staff obviously are uh, like sprinting on, aren't they? Then they realise that they need to probably stop where they are and then the suds all come down. Just shows what uh, good team spirit we have. We have a really good dressing room and I think that take, that's half the battle in football. If you have a, obviously you need good players, but if you have a group that's, that bonds well, where there's no, no egos and everyone's in it for the same thing, where we're just pushing each other every day, and we've we built that over the season. I know a few a few have gone and a few have come in, but the lads who've come in have bought into that same philosophy. And we do have a really good group, and I feel like that can take you a long way in football, and it, it, it's serving as well at the minute. So, so looking at that, we obviously Jed's Jed's coming at a, what was a difficult time, um, and obviously uh, all the low knees going back, who served us brilliantly, every single one did some kind of job, even down to Ethan and getting the equaliser against Swindon. But they all they all had a fantastic impact. It, uh, it, I look at the late goals that I keep mentioning, and we, we've got to be quite fit because we're, we're always pushing. We're always pushing. We scored, we, I mean, if you look at it, we scored in the last minute against Walsall at home, first game of the season. So, like, we've got a punch off of scoring late goals. So, you, you lads, you, you must be, you've got to keep going for 96, 97 minutes, or in some cases, 114 minutes when, the, when they're adding that much on. So you must be, the, the team spirit is good, but also your fitness has got to be good as well, hasn't it? Yeah, 100%. Obviously, uh, as professional athletes, we have to be fit, but obviously with the, the training that we do and the, what we put into it, it obviously shows that, that it's paying off towards the last like, 10, 15 minutes in games where we're pushing for equalisers or winners because... In this league, the, the game's never done us when you're one or two down. Any any switch, any little goal, even if you're two down, the momentum changes massively, especially in, in football. And, and in this league, if, if you get a goal, teams' heads can drop. And obviously, when we scored the first or like on Tuesday when we scored the equaliser, we, we only believe we'd go in to win that game. And that's all we had in our minds. So, yeah, obviously, we, we, are, we are fit. We do... We do do a lot of fitness and work on that in training, and it pays off as it as it's shown recently. And just a quick mention here that um, I was uh, doing some research on this, and uh, uh, Rob Apter is actually Jed Brennan's godson. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I'm like, oh, I'm going to be chuffed with that then, wouldn't it? <laughs> oh, opening goal, <laughs> opening goal, and he takes it, and I'm like, oh, blinky neck. But that's just uh, so Jed got. The last lap, so I'm happy with that. There's no problem. So moving on, uh, we've got obviously we've got Wimbledon uh, away at the new plough lane or whatever they call it, which is a lovely little ground. And then we've got Warsaw away Tuesday night. Um, Joel, it, Joel, from your point of view, three away games in a week, it's a big, big ask. But um, we'll 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 still have a bit of a bounce from Tuesday night. Wimbledon lost at, at Accrington, so they'll be uh, trying to get revenge on somebody else from the northwest. Uh, we got we got last time we played him we got a we got a nil all there and it was a bit of a scrappy game but um, looking at them obviously they've got a few players that were familiar with Harry Pelly's one but um, they're pretty much like us they've sold they've sold one of their best attacking players for quite a bit of money who's opened his account for Ipswich so they might be a bit goal shy hopefully Joel yeah fingers crossed I mean they've got plenty of other threats and you know I remember being impressed by quite a couple a couple of their players. I think Ali Al there was Ali Al Halmadi. He was, in terms of opposition players, I've seen the scope against. I think he was probably up there with pretty much the best in the division I've seen this season. So yeah. it's going to be a blow losing him. And but you know they've got some other players like Tilly and stuff who are you know they were cracking players at this level. And 
and, and producing the goods this season. So, yeah, there'll be a challenge, and I think they're in decent form at the moment, barring the Accrington defeat, and they're, they're pushing the playoffs. They're in the line. Numbers look pretty decent. Yeah, it's going to be a tough game, but I think we've, yeah, with the football we've that we've kind of played over the last few games, you know, I think Jed's in sometime in winter or no, uh, or uh, when he was appointed, you know, I think he said, you know, be patient and we'll start to see what what, what kind of comes to fruition really, and, and and we're really seeing it now, you know, the last the second in the form table over the last five games, we've had three wins on the bounce. I'd say those three wins were all, you know, absolutely deserved. You know, looking at some, you know, look at the, the underlying numbers from it, but also just eye test. You know, you, you come away thinking, yeah, we really deserve that win. But you know, and also maybe even thinking like we maybe should have, should have won them by more. So it's a really positive sign at the moment. And yeah, there's no reason why we can't go into most games with quite a lot with you know with a lot of confidence and I think we'll be able to do that against Wimbledon you know they're a decent side but you know we've shown that we're we're well up you know with our performances of late I think we'll yeah we're more than a match on it for anybody really and James the uh, the Wimbledon home game uh, they came at us uh, and played some fantastic football uh, it was a really really open game we ran out four one winners because I think they had about a bit of about ten minutes skits after half time where we scored twice and then got a penalty um and one of them was a penalty we ended up 3-1 and then they were they had another 20 minute spell where they really had a go at us and we survived and then uh, we nicked one nicked one about 10 minutes for the end to seal it so it was a great win but they were certainly value for money that day Wimbledon. they really kept and give it a go so with the uh, sort of seven thousand fans at home they're going to be really backing them aren't they yeah they will and then you're right they were, they were excellent against us um, you know, that was one of those days where we we did rather better than the underlying numbers suggested we should, and and they didn't. And yeah. uh, you come away with a four-one score, and uh, but actually they played really, really well, and they didn't they they did. let their heads drop. They they, they 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 played with the same sort of spirit we were talking about earlier. Um, so yeah, they were a good side, um, and it's it, 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 you know they're in a similar place in the league to us, um, and it's a it's it's a, it's a ground that's gathering momentum and a fan base that's growing. So it should be a really good game. Um, and uh, Joel, um, just to go back to the, what, what Joel, uh, Joel Senior Junior <laughs> actually touched on then, um, is, is there anything, I mean, I, I, you know, I'm talking about the Wimbledon game, it, it, uh, we, do, do we set up differently for each individual team or are we just happy to try and uh, put our imprint on the game in the same way? Yeah, like, like we'll always go into each game doing the analysis on them to know to know what they're like as a team, what what their their threats are, what the weaknesses are with our goal teams. We'll do that in meetings the day before the game, and obviously we'll we'll work on what their strengths are and how we think we can um, help ourselves in the game and what what we what we want to do to to score goals and hurt them uh, in our attacking areas. Um, so yeah, we'll we'll analyze them, but then obviously it's about us. That's that's the mentality we've got to have. We can't be going there thinking, oh, they're good at this, they're good at that. We've we've got to realize that we're a good team ourselves. But put our own imprint on the game, like you say, and and go there full of confidence and and start the game well, like you say. When if you start games well, we didn't the other night, but you build momentum in the game, and and that's that's massive, especially in away games. 
Yeah, and I, I come, I come back to it, and it doesn't seem to be stopping us at the moment because obviously MK Dons, we went down after two minutes, and then two nil down at Tramir, and we won both of those there in the last month. So it's a strange one. But um, looking at Walsall Tuesday night uh, again, uh, first game of the season. It's a long, long time ago. I think the squads have changed quite considerably with both teams uh, there, Joel, but. Um, I seem to have been saying just on every podcast since Christmas, if we win our game in hand and we never seem to get to, to the point where we're winning that game in hand and put ourselves in that position. Uh, but obviously Tuesday night at Walsall will be that game in hand, depending on what's happened at Wimbledon. Uh, and we might be actually finally say, well, let's got that out of the bloody way. We'll be on 32 like everybody else. So uh, it is quite an important game, isn't it? Yeah, no, it's been lurking around for since before Christmas, really, that game in hand with all the kind of the way that the fixing and the pool and all the rearrangements have gone. So, yeah, it'll be good. It'll be good to finally get that out of the way. You know that, yeah, the old cliche goes that you know you'd rather have points on the board than extra games in hand. So hopefully we can get those points on the board. But, but at Walsall, you know, they've just looking at them this season. They've kind of they they, they seem quite mid table this season, really. Although they do look quite defensively sound and. You know, when like you say, it's hard to hard to judge them on um, the team we faced at the start of the season because there's been a lot of change since then and things developed in a different way. But you know, again, it's just one of those where, like Joel says, we'll do the analysis in the team and figure out where we can hurt them and what we've got to defend against them with them. But you know, we've got a style of play that's really coming together really nicely, and I'm sure we'll be able to at the very least do them quite a bit, do them a good bit of damage. Uh, on Tuesday night. So, yeah, I'm just... I think we had a really tough run of games over kind of December and now it's looking a little bit lighter, maybe barring for away uh, and Stockport away, obviously, towards the end of the season. But it is looking a little bit lighter now and that's obviously no disrespect to the teams we come up against, but the more mid-table teams rather than some of the top teams in the league we played over December. So... It's it's nice to see us kind of go out in these last few games and hopefully going into the next week and kind of really imprint what and stamp what kind of football we want to play and yeah really take it to the opposition. I'm sure we'll do that. Just keep doing that on Tuesday night. You know we've got a good away record so far on the Jed, so no reason it can't continue then as well. And uh, James, uh, the other point I keep making is that our uh, we've had two away games, which is which uh, the the Wrexham and the Notts County games that have kind of wrecked our goal difference. Uh, and we were happy knacker winning by one goal at the moment, which is great. But um, it, 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 and I'll keep taking that. I'll keep taking what, what one nil every week, two one every week. That's it. But looking at, at, at games like Warsaw, who Joel said it, it's mid table, um, if we can just get that that win and finally push ourselves into the. I mean, we've been saying it all season. We're, we're happy to stay below the radar. And I'm still happy to stay below the radar. And if we manage to sneak into the playoffs last game of the season, they're all well and good. But I'd still like to be in a, a, a better position that, that uh, you know, I mean, I'm sick of being top of the bottom half. And at the moment, we're, what are we, 11th? And I'm like, ooh, you know. And I, I, I may remind, uh, well, most listeners will know anyway, that myself and Joel actually said we'd be happy with 12th. So why am I moaning when we're 11th? But um, it will be nice to get that game out of the way. James. Yeah, it will. Um, and uh, it's, it's, it's great that we're talking about going away to a team that's mid-table um, and, you know, a, a 
excitable, sensible, well-run club. And um, we're talking about how nice it would be to win again and maintain the form. There's no fear anymore in anything that anybody's saying, which is really good. Um, but yeah, and but in all seriousness, playoffs would be great. But I imagine that um, Tudor's out, Joel here and his teammates are thinking um, it'd be nicer to do even better than playoffs, eh, Joel? Yeah, it wouldn't be bad. Uh, I'd like to be last what I did last season and, and do what I was, but obviously we've just got to take one one game at a time at the minute. Obviously, we can't start looking. If we're looking at that, then then, then we're doing something wrong, I think, because you, if you start getting ahead of yourself, then it, it can just it can catch you up. And that's the last thing we want as a team, and especially individually. If you, if you look ahead, then then you the past the two games. Say you're looking into the third game where you think, oh, we could have, we could, pick, we could pick up seven or nine points, and then you pick up no points, then then you then you're looking over your shoulder again, which is just not what we want. We want to take one game at a time, which is I know is a cliche, but it's I think it's the best the best mentality to have in a situation like this. Yeah, I mean, and it, and you, it's the it's the right mentality to have, to have, and there's no need to change the way that that the people are approaching games, the way that people are walking out on the pitch, the confidence levels. It, it, it's yeah, it's what I said before. It's just it's just a really nice thing to think to see people bouncing onto a football pitch and not letting their heads drop when things when things go go the wrong way. So let's get another away win. I mean, you know, another away win will make our away form just ridiculous, given that the the, the losses we've had have been against things like Swansea and Stockport and Wrexham, um, which you know are you know spending a lot more money than we are. Um, so let's let's hope for another win on Tuesday night. God, we're a bargain. <laughs> so we'll come to you now, Joel. Um, obviously, you, you started it. You had, you had quite a few years at Oldham, didn't you? Uh, and that, that, but you didn't get picked up there. So then, uh, I, I noticed there was a FC FC uh, United of Manchester where you had a, a good few games there. Uh, got the got the chance at Burnley. That didn't quite work out with the under twenty threes. Then altering him, and then he got picked up by Carlisle. How did that happen? The Carlisle move. Or just yeah. the whole thing. Yeah, the whole thing. Just talk me through it. Oh yeah, so so when I was I got signed for Oldham when I was around seven, I think. Uh, was there for about eight years and then released when I was fifteen. I want to say because I was too small. Uh, and it was funny, funny because I was doing really well throughout the age groups. And then Paul Dickoff was the first team manager at the time, and he said release all the all the small small players in your academy. From what I remember. Um, yeah, so I got released for that. I, haven't, I didn't have my growth spurt until I was like 17, 18. So, uh, Dickoff was on your list. Dickoff was on your that, that's, all, that's all I remember from, from my time at Oldham when I was like 15 being told that I was too small. It wasn't anything to do with my ability, but that was that. And then when when I hit 16, my dad just told me to go and play men's football and I ended up playing uh, where my brothers used to play in the Northwest Counties uh, at like 16. Um for a team called Main Road and I played quite a lot of games, that 60 games when I was at 16, 17 and then went to FC United um, in the, I think it was National League North at the time. I uh, did really well there to be fair. I, was, I think I was 18, I won uh, all the awards in the first season and then got my move to Burnley, like you say, it didn't really work out through, through one thing or another. I, was, I had little, little niggles and stuff throughout my time there and COVID hit that year. So it was a bit of a bit of a mess everywhere, and my aim was just I just was just to go and get games. Um, 
professional games. So I went to Altrincham and did really well there as well. So played like 60, 70 games for them um, over like an 18-month period. I won quite a lot of awards there my first season. And then that time for Carlisle, which was uh, my first chance in the EFL. And then four games in, I did my ACL. So was, that was a bit of a nightmare. I was out for a year. Um, ended up coming back fit last jam. And it took me quite a while to to get going there after my injury because obviously I'd been out for so long. Um, it, it, it took me like my took me time to get my confidence back, stuff like that. And then um, I played probably 16, 17 games towards the back end of the season. I was kind of in and out. I started quite a few, but then I'd be I'd be out of it for a bit. Just I just couldn't really get going in the season. Uh, I don't know if it was through confidence. It was in my head just because of the injury that I'd had. And obviously, it take when you come back from an injury like that, it takes it does take a long time to to get back match fit and and fully sharp to to your normal self. And I I don't think I really got that until this season um, when I had a proper uh, proper pre season under my belt, but. Um, towards the last game, obviously the playoff semi-finals and the final, uh, I felt like I showed my ability in them games and did really well, and we we got promoted, which was an unbelievable day. So, how how disappointed were you with when uh, they said that they weren't going to renew your contract? Because obviously you've been part of the promotion squad, like you say, playing 16, 17 games. Well, yeah, it was it, it wasn't really a shock to be honest. Um, I was so when I got back fit in the jam. Um, I, I played quite a bit, but like I was also out quite a bit because he was the gaffer was saying that he was wanted to, he needed me fitter and stuff, and it was, just wasn't really possible with the amount of games we had like to work on my fitness. Um, and then when it comes to it, I just I kind of knew that I was leaving in the summer anyway, and I just thought this is my opportunity to to show basically how how good I am and how good I can be um, in the playoff games and the final. I got my opportunity to start in all the all the games and I felt I was I played a big part in them games to to help Carlisle get promoted. So so that was something that I was really happy with. And and when when we I kind of knew that I was, I was leaving anyway. Um, so it wasn't like a big shock or like that uh, moment where I was upset or anything like that. It was just kind of onto the new challenge. I wanted to go somewhere where I'm going to be playing games, enjoying my football and I can be playing like fully fit because I knew once I'd, I had a full pre-season, I'd be able to show my ability and show how good I am rather than being through in. I was kind of through in at the deep end because I came back from a year out, hardly, play, uh, hardly playing any like of, like reserve games to get me into match fit. I was kind of just through in. Um, I had to get back fit, which is just normal in football. But I feel like I'm showing that this year that, that I can I still I'm still say I'm not fully playing at my at my best, but I'm I'm certainly getting there and, and I feel like I can show even more. Well it, it's funny because obviously the day that you signed, uh it was announced, uh the Morecambe FC Facebook page announced it. And uh a couple of Carlisle fans came on straight away and said uh, he'll do because obviously they were they were quite happy because they got promoted. They were like, "You've got." They both said, "You've got a good one there. Yeah. He's absolutely he's absolutely brilliant going forward, uh, and if he can keep fit, you 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 know you've got a good player, and you've been really really fortunate this season because you've had that run of games, and uh, now uh, you know particularly since sort of like November, 
Um, he scored obviously he scored that goal at Sutton, and you've been flying since. And like I say, since we signed uh, Guion and Charlie's been getting a game, you you've built up some uh, very very quickly built up a good relationship with them two people on the right hand side, haven't you? Yeah, well, like you said, they're both really good players. Um, I feel like obviously at the start when when um, Derek was in charge, I was playing I was playing left back, and then uh, he moved me to right back. I, I think I played about six seven games at left back. Uh, which obviously yeah. is it's an unnatural position to me, but um, I can play there and I, I'll, do, I'll do a job that I, I do still enjoy it. But obviously, my natural position is right back. And I think since I've been there, I've been good. But like I say, I think recently I've I've built connections with Charlie Guion. They're good players. I feel like they're players I can. Well, when I was playing with Blocko, who's he's like a he's very similar to me. He wants to get down the line and cross it. Obviously. Yeah, well, what, so we, we might not have complimented each other too well, but we were both still playing good football, yeah. but maybe it didn't work as well. Um, now with Charles coming inside or Guion likes to pick up pockets inside, um, I can happily get round him and, and show my, more of my ability going forward. And that's where all the assists are coming in, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, that, that's that's one thing that I, I do do try and get as many as, obviously, the, the more... Good crosses you put in, and the assists that I'm getting obviously help us win games, and that's 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 my achieve uh, my aim to try and help the team win as many games as possible, offensively and defensively. So, from your point of view, uh, the the when when uh, when Morecambe came in for you, it was an easy decision because obviously you were still northwest northwest based. Um, were you expecting big things of coming here when Derek said, "You know, we're building a team, and hopefully, we're gonna we're gonna be challenging." Yeah, well, like uh, I had quite a few offers to be fair in the league, and um, it was about picking the right one. Um, I felt like when I when I, me and Derek had the conversation, I said, "I don't just want to be in this league for numbers." I knew that obviously he had to sign quite a few players, but the, there was also a core group who played in League Two, League One last year. Who nearly stayed up so that they're clearly good players you know what i mean it's not like the players who are right at the bottom the confidence is completely not because they weren't winning in the games like it was a close call last year and then i just said i don't want to be here picking up the numbers i want to do the same what i did last year get promoted and that was always my aim so so yeah it was it was an easy decision when he when he like showed me his plans for the club and what he saw where he saw me playing how he saw me playing uh, how confident he was in me to to show my ability at this level. Um, so it was quite an easy decision, yeah, with all the faith that he put in me and what he said he wanted for the ambitions of the club. And obviously we've got a lot to thank Derek for because obviously he got promoted uh, during COVID and, and uh, he did a fantastic job in assembling the squad. As we've already spoken about, um, it's always a risk with low knees. But from your point of view now, Jed's taken over. Um, it, is it a different atmosphere in, in the dressing room? Is it is he is he uh, more approachable? Is he more light hearted? Uh, I mean, you're saying you've got a good dressing room and there's a lot of laughter and and everything. You seem to be enjoying your football under Jed. Yeah, I am. Uh, to be fair, I can't I can't knock Derek as well. I was in, enjoying my football on both yeah. both um, both times under the old gaffer and the new gaffer now. Um, they both showed their confidence in me by playing me week in, week out, which I can only thank them for. But yeah, the different type of managers, Derek's more of a reserve manager um, and Jed's probably more um, 
like I say, open. Um, but they're both really good managers in in different ways, I'd say. Um, and like you say, we've had a core group of players that have been in, that have helped the lone lads. And then when the lone lads have come back, then the new, new lads have come in. We've got a core group who, are, who, are, who have been really welcoming uh, to make sure that the environment stayed the same as it was at the start of the season. Um, so, yeah, that I think the, the Jed, uh, the gaffer, has brought in lads who, who have just bought into what we're trying to do here. And that's um, all have the same aim, have the same focus, do well for this football club. And, and we're trying our best to, to keep on making the fans happy and proud. And it, it, I know you touched on it then, I, and I wasn't <laughs> trying to get you to say that either was better than managing the other. But I know Derek, after obviously Derek came on the podcast, and we've had numerous players on who played under Derek, and they all say he gave you carte blanche going forward to be yourself and show show your skills. And Jed's carried on doing the same thing. So they're, they're probably quite similar in many ways there, because uh, we, we've always had that sort of attacking flair, and that, that suits uh, a raiding fullback like yourself, doesn't it? Yeah, like you say, if, if you've got a manager who wants you to go out and express yourself, like recently Jed's been saying, like, get Joel the ball um, or go out and show show play teams how good you are. Um, it, it just gives me confidence to go out and perform for him and to, like you say, like, listen to what he said when he's he's obviously speaking highly of me, when he's, when he's saying that stuff to me and giving me confidence to go out and perform on the pitch. So that can only help a person. Confidence is massive in football, and obviously the gaffer at the minute's giving it to all the players with with what he's saying to them and and the team sorts that he's giving. So it's it's helping each of our players. Uh, Joel, I'll hand you over to Joel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just to kind of go back on the uh, the non-league stuff, really. What because he, you know you've had you've had quite a lot of of, of time at, at that kind of level, so. What? How? How would you say that can help develop you as, as quite a young player as well at the time? And uh, just just to get as many games in as possible. Like I've probably played, um, I don't know, two well over two hundred games now, but they've not all been in the league, so people don't probably see me being that experienced. But I played a lot of games, and and it is it has helped me massively. My dad pushed it into me not just to go down the normal route of going to like an academy under 18s and stuff like that when I got released. Um, just to go out and play men's football because it it helps you um, understand the game more, even though the level's not as good. Uh, you're still you're still getting a reading of the game, understanding the game, playing with people who played at a high level. So you so you're getting that from them. Um, so I'd say it has helped me a lot. Yeah, it's also helped me be grateful to like when I went from a non-league team to a Premier League team. Be grateful for how good you um, you can have it at the top if you if you perform in the right way. Um, so just little things like that, you, you realise um, when you're at that level in, in non-league that um, it's not all easy um, and it just makes you want to push on to, to strive to do better, to perform better, to see how high, how good you can be. Yeah, and it's interesting, you, you mentioned your time at Main Road and that's kind of ninth tier and it was like I'd, I'd sometimes go and watch games at that level, uh, West Eastbury and Charlton and stuff. Which is yeah. we, we've got, a, we've had a player from there before, uh, who scored a winner for us at Wembley. This gets promoted, so it's quite, a nice, it's quite a nice, nice little full circle there. But, but what kind of stands out to me is obviously the quality isn't quite the technical quality isn't quite what it is at football league level, but it 
a lot of the pace and temper of the game is really seems really really aggressive and everybody's really really in your face and does does that help develop you a bit as well yeah 100 percent. like getting it just helps you um you at like say academy games you might, you, you're able to have so much time on the ball uh, where it's just kind of false when you go into a a, a, a man's game where like that's why i think a lot of there's a lot of players who even if they go they're in an academy and then they drop to non-league if they find it hard because you don't get that time on the ball you don't you, you've not really it's not that i don't really think it's the same game it's kind of two it's the same football match but it's two complete different games when you when you've got someone always being aggressive on you um compared to when you've got so much time on the ball like in academy games that was the difference i felt um so it only helped it's only helped me really um played like going to each game today yeah well, my next question was actually about that that move to burnley but yeah like you say it's just kind of more more time on the ball really isn't it and 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 being able to kind of I guess, but on the flip side of that, does it make you kind of think about maybe a little bit more about your choice of pass and where exactly what you know, trying to break lines in slightly different ways and stuff? Yeah, um, in terms of like my understanding of the game, obviously, I've got um, because I've played so many games, like I do kind of understand like, what I need to do in games, how, how to like game manager or what sort of passes to make in, in games. Um whereas at Academy level you have you have kind of obviously it's still a very good standard and like it's but it's a lot more technical than a game would be uh say in League Two because you in it like some games like you say Sutton where the ball's in the air a lot of the time and, and stuff like that. You don't have that at Academy level like like some of the academy boys, the lads we've got on loan might not have had that sort of game before where the ball's in the air for the most of the game and you've got to work yourself around it and, and try and get through games like that. Uh, that's why teams with experience do really well in this league. Um, you've got to be hard to beat um, and understanding that the game is massive at this level. So just kind of fast forward now to your, your, your time in, in, in the EFL, you, obviously you've had that ACL injury, but I think what obviously it's a it's a really tough injury to come back from, but especially for I think I, I was thinking as well as, uh, for a fullback whose game is quite dynamic. Whether it's going forward and you're trying to take on opponents, you you're doing quite a lot of hard running at the wing. But the way you you're taking people on, you, it's a lot of stop start and change direction quite a lot. And then on the flip side, when you're facing up against a winger, you need to be able to kind of pivot and turn quite quickly, obviously, because they're going to be trying to jink you the wrong way as well. So what? So in terms of re recovering, how difficult is it to kind of get that kind of range of movement and speed of movement back into your game? Yeah, it, take, it takes a while. Just I think it's more confidence. Like my game is obviously I'm always just in turn and then that's how I, I ended up getting my injury. It's a weird one because I'd, I'd had little niggles, but I'd never had a bad injury before that that injury. So it was like a men more of a mental thing as well to overcome such a long period of time out like, when I went, when I had my injury, it's like after my operation, I had to learn kind of how, how to walk again with my with with uh, in certain in some ways, and then you go back onto the grass and like I was running with a limp at the start, so it all just like um, probably builds up in your mind that you don't realise um, over the over the year that you're you're injured and a lot of things you're always worrying will that will be the same and stuff like that. 
so I think the, the biggest battle is probably mentally. But then once you're out there, I can't, you kind of just forget about it. Like now, I, obviously, I don't think about it all. But my first game, I remember I played Doncaster away. Um, my first game out on New Year's Day. And I've, after 10 minutes, I was, they, they were playing quite well. And I, I was, I could, I could hardly breathe just because I'd been out for that long. And like, you was doing all the movements that you don't get to do in training over time and that's why I felt like I needed a pre-season to get fully fit uh, match games just like little pre-season games where you can build your fitness and now obviously I feel fit I feel um, as good as I did before my injury so that's that's I work really hard to get back fit so that that's um, a massive achievement for me to to feel as good as I do at the minute yeah, I think another thing as well, like you, you lose all your muscle mass in your leg, don't you? It's going to completely yeah. go. So trying to build that, yeah. that back up is hard work, isn't it? Yeah, it's it's not it's not a nice injury that went out. I couldn't. I was on crutches for I don't I can't remember. Could be could be three months. Uh, so it's 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 not a nice injury. You lose all your muscle in your leg. Um, it's it's just about learning to. You got it takes a while to build your strength back up, and but like when you when I when you I was back running on the grass after like seven months, I was just like limping and everyone was like, what's up with you? I was like, this is just me trying to run it. It's, it's, it's a strange feeling. So you have to get everything back. It, people don't realise what actually goes into um, an ACL uh, rehab because it is, is mentally and physically so tough. But when you come out the side and now, obviously I'm, I'm performing well and uh, feel good in my body. So there's nothing better than knowing that I did all that hard work and it was worth it. Yeah, and I think especially worth it because that season you've come back, it's ended with a promotion. And you kind of touched on it then, like about how experience is kind of important. It, it, it takes you a long way at this kind of level. And I think you, I think, trying to think of players that you had last season, obviously, you've had uh, Joe Garner and, and, and Paul Huntington and people like that. So just kind of from your experience of being in a changing room that, that has gotten promoted, what are the kind of other key aspects you think there are to, to kind of success at this level? I think there's a lot you have, like I mentioned it before. I think that the group that we had last year it was so close knit. Um, I think that helps us massively on the pitch. Um, and we have the same this year. We really do have a good group. Uh, I've been in dressing rooms where some people don't really like each other, so like it just doesn't knit. Last year we had everyone was liked each other, we all got on so well, and we have that the same this year. So I feel like that's a massive part. Experiencing games, being hard to beat is, is a big one, especially. Um, if you had to be away from home and, and you don't concede many goals, then then you can always nick nick a goal in in these games. Um, especially in this league, we won a lot of games last year. One nil. I think we kept twenty clean sheets last year. So that's what I've been. I've said that to to the lads this year. You've got we've got to try and get as many clean sheets as possible. It's good winning three two, but you can't. It's not sustainable to do that every week. So obviously, um, the Sutton game was. Like you said, we won it one 0 If we didn't keep that clean sheet, then then you're going to draw that game and and you you really miss chances. But that's that's another key one being hard to beat and just just um in, in like the whole team to enjoy the football, take one game at a time, and and I think it takes you a long way um, to being successful at this level. And just talking of that there. Uh... Promotion campaign. Obviously, you mentioned doing quite well yourself, doing quite well in the uh, in the playoff campaign. So I think it's it's only fair to mention that first touch for the uh, 
for the equalising goal. And it's like it's kind of it's kind of just behind you, isn't it? And you kind of got to drag it round. Yeah, I didn't even realise at the time it was it was uh, that it was behind me. To be honest, I'm kind of in full motion and I just take my touch and uh, cross it. it. Was quite an, an instinct thing, but uh, it was an unbelievable feeling to like like a semi assist, I'd say. Uh, on the in front of the Carlisle fans and my family was all in that corner, so it was a really nice feeling, yeah. But yeah, so just just kind of moving on to this season to kind of end with, I, I think Free's touching it before, but kind of with with the change in manager, is there anything that you have to, you kind of noticed that you you're being asked to uh, to do differently? Uh, I think I think this is quite similar in in them ways. Um, in the ways that, where they just want you to go out and express yourself, obviously they've got different ways of, of managing. But um, I, I, I think it's kind of the same, really. We've got there's, the structures are kind of the same. How we want to play, obviously, in certain games we we have a different game plan than than others. Um, like for the Sutton game, I was um, the gaffer made sure that I got on the ball a lot to make a two v one with Charlie to. To affect their wing back, so we did, and it obviously worked really well. But uh, under Derek, I would have, uh, I would have always been asked to do different things. So it's hard to say, but they've both been really good for me. Um, and like you say, at the minute, the gaff is giving me lots of confidence by telling me, telling me some stuff that 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 only gives a player confidence. And just finally, just gonna go in the other way then, uh, with with. with opponents we we face this season. I always think it's quite interesting to ask, especially for a fullback. Who do you say is the kind of the toughest player you've come up come up against on the wing this season? Uh probably Jody Jones at Notts County. He was um he's just got I think that as a team they coach really well and that they're very fluid in the movements and um he had a, obviously they're a possession based team, so he had a lot of the ball at the time. So just like being on my game all, all the time. Obviously the home game we was I thought he was really good, could have nicked it, but the away game didn't work out because they, they played well and we weren't on our day. So I'd probably say him is a, is a really good player. I know he's got a lot of assists this season. Um, he's played at I think he's played at much higher level as well. But he's had a few injuries and he seems to be getting back to his his best, and he, he's a really good player. Yeah, I think he, I think he broke the uh, the assist record for League Two a couple of games ago uh, for the whole season, and yeah, yeah, he's done that in the start of February, which is pretty pretty frightening. But just actually just expanding from that quickly, would you say Notts County are the best team you faced, or is it uh, is there somebody else who sticks in your mind? Uh, I'd say so. Yeah, um, the three teams that I've probably found the toughest this season are Notts County, the Wrexham game, and I think MK Dons are really really good team. I think the teams who play with a box in the field as a fullback. Personally, it's, it's quite hard to they can suck you in, or when the wing backs high, you've kind of kind of got a two v one. If the the top of the, the box comes over onto your side, them three teams, I'd say, are probably the toughest that, that I feel that that we faced. In in my personal opinion, obviously Stockport are a very good team, but it, on the day it, it was it wasn't really a day for a game of football, so <laughs> we didn't see. Well, that's actually an interesting point. Actually, what about that boxing field? Is it is it when teams are playing that? Is it something that you find you you have to get drawn in centrally to to try and help out players in the middle, or is it when that kind of that shape shifts over to the to the flank and you've just got like three or four players up against you? Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of you've got to kind of do two jobs in 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 the sense of the the top top 
one who would be closer to me at the box. Um, he's kind of hanging, he's kind of cheating in the, the position between me and probably, I think, Jan, who played that right centre mid. Uh, so he's kind of like dragging Jan over. But then again, if I go in too tight with him, then the left wing back's just got so much space on, on his side. So it's kind of like a, a catch 92 of which one to do. Uh, so I feel like that's a tough enough formation to, to play against. You've just got a I think against Crawley and against MK, we switched. And in MK, in the first half to the second half as well, the home game, I felt like we, we pressed them a lot better because we went more man-to-man and it helped us more. So I was set focused on the wing-back. But yeah, it is this is a tough formation to play against. Um, but I think the past few games we've played at like MK in the second half, Crawley in the second half, we've, we've dealt with it quite well. That's really interesting, that. Thanks, Joel. Yeah, back back to you, please. Well, we're going to finish off. Um, we'll come to James now. A couple of things to talk about. Obviously, the first one, uh, the Fans Forum, which is Friday the 23rd of Feb. Um, that's That's been set up for uh, quite a long time. Um, obviously, it, you're going to get a lot of questions. Uh, usually, you can't really probably answer, because obviously, if there's nothing happening, there's nothing happening. But... Uh, it's a good thing to keep the fans informed, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And um, we got uh, most of the board, if not all. Um, Jed, Jed will be uh, visiting out there as well. Um, I think there's been um, 90 or so um, faces taken so far, and no doubt there'll be a few more as well. Um, and there's a few preset questions, and then it's just an open forum. So people should ask whatever they want to ask, and we'll ask, answer the questions as, as, as openly, as honestly, as, as transparently as we possibly can. Um, and it's it's a healthy thing. It's why we do this. It's why you know if people come up um, and ask ask questions away and, and home games, I'll always try and answer them. Um, and we, we want to be as transparent as we possibly can. I think um, there'll probably be more answers than people are expecting. Um, not least because we've been asked the, the, the questions about the ownership thing, and actually we've all been pretty consistent now for the last the last couple of months. And we're um, you know we're, we're we're all doing everything we can to move that forward. Um, and I'm looking forward to it. It should be really really good. Um, and, uh, and you know, nice that it's a Friday evening before I, before I have the game as well. Yeah, and I, and I think, uh, like anything, um, a good result at Wimbledon and a positive result at Walsall, and uh, the questions will probably come easy to answer. <laughs> yeah, it's always easier when you're winning. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, and then following on from that, um, the Trust uh, have been involved, uh, along with lots of fans, in the... Uh, I'm going to say a demonstrate. I called it a demonstration of of um, support, which I suppose it is really because obviously there's a frustration that um, not a lot of people are aware, particularly in the northwest, that we are up for sale. Uh, it's never really touched on in in the media, uh, where other clubs seem to be able to get, get. I mean, Carlisle, for instance, have found owners very quickly uh, and sold to some Americans. Uh, and we've been for sale longer than they have. But, I mean, obviously, it's a different situation. Each individual football club is different. But looking at that in plain terms, the demonstration of support uh, before the Wrexham game, uh, I think supporters are really, really happy that they're finally going to do something, James. And I think you, you probably appreciate that, don't you? Yeah, I respect that. I, I ultimately, um, you know, we live in a we live in a, in a, in a free country. And, um, and if people want to demonstrate, if people want to protest, if people want to just have their opinion heard, that's that's a right. That's what people should should have. So I don't believe any human being should have an opinion on what somebody else's opinion is or how they want to express it, as long as it's not a damaging or harming one. 
Um, and, I, and I think in this instance, it does sound like, and it feels like the, the trust are setting this up for the right reasons. And, and it's very much a support one. It's very much a message to, to get out. And if more people take notice of it, and if that causes somebody to think, oh, hang on a minute, I've not heard that. Um, I'll just pick up the phone and find out more about it. Then, then all the better. And I think as well, you've got to say um, thanks to everybody for, for being so reasonable and understanding that anything that would cause any disruption um, would just make things difficult for everybody. And given how well the team's performing, the last thing we need is any, any anything that interrupts that. Um, so yeah, I, I, like I say, I respect respect, respect it, and and um, it sounds like it's been it's been done with good intentions. And the very fact that it's more a, a demonstration of support and. Uh, um, you know, come and come and take an interest in Morgan Football Club, and you know, maybe maybe this is the one for you. I, I don't think that does any harm at all. Um, but no, I, I agree completely, and and I think uh, you know that the, the the fans have been you know there has been times where they've been they've been you know they've been uh, shall we say threatening threatening militancy, which I do understand. But um, uh, you know, it, it, when when you came out when the board came out a few weeks ago. Uh, and I think it was Charlie who finally said it and went, look, you know, <laughs> we want Jason out. Jason wants out. The fans want out. And that stuck with everybody. And then as soon as that came out, it was like, oh, hang on a minute here. And I think that's when there was a little bit of sway. And it was like, well, hang on, if he wants out, let's uh, let's try and advertise the fact that he wants out. And I think that's what this March is going to be about, uh, you know, because obviously yourself and all the other directors, are, we know you're working hard behind the scenes, but, you know, just... Uh, Hurry up and find somebody. If we can help, we will. <laughs> yeah, and, and so, you know, the, the other lovely thing that at the moment, and this has been true now for year, for years, it's been true about more for, for probably forever, is and everybody cares about the club and works together, and everybody who cares about the club is is aligned, and there's there's a nice coalition of people who, and um, whether they work for the club, whether they're volunteers, whether they're fans, whether they're on the board, whether they're uh, you know behind the scenes, like everybody really does work together. There is a there is there is a real genuine consensus. And that's a nice thing. So yeah, uh, like I say, respect people's opinions. Um, and look forward to look forward to us all moving forward together on the other side with a, a new owner at the right point. Um, just going to make it happen. Uh, anything else from you, James, or do I move on to the trust? I think move on to the trust. Over to you, Joel. <laughs> so Joel, um, I presumably uh, you've got a million questions you're going to ask at the fans forum. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, hopefully, if I can get up, uh, get up to Morecambe in time after work. But uh, yeah, just w with the trust stuff, really, it's kind of same as what you've already touched on with the uh, organisation being kind of well underway for that kind of demonstration. Uh, it's been kind of quite positive conversations with the police uh, just to make sure it's all kind of squared with them and it's all going to be safe. And you know, like 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 you've kind of alluded to already, it's not really it's not really much of a militant action and we, we, you know we're looking to do it in a way that tries to catch the eye but ultimately is it going to disrupt things on the pitch in a way that would be detrimental to the club because that's not going to help anybody in this situation so yeah it seems to be coming to look together really uh nice positively and any more updates you know will we will keep people up to date on, on social media and everything well that just about wraps up uh, this edition of Shrimpnet. my thanks to joel as usual and James for coming on, uh, and the first timer, Joel Senior. Uh, would you come on again, or was that was that was that too horrible for you? No, that was all. But uh, I enjoyed it, so thanks for having me. Uh, yeah. Oh, you can pack. Oh, you can, don't come on here saying you've enjoyed it. Yeah, well, you'll be giving us a bad reputation. You're supposed <laughs> to go back to 
Jesse Durbin say, no, no, don't go on there. They're all idiots. No, <laughs> don't, don't go on. No, no, no. The, 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 the ones that we've had Stuart Moore on twice, and we've had Faz on twice. And uh, you won't be surprised to learn that Faz's have been the longest ones we've done because he never shuts up. <laughs> he doesn't stop talking, does he? Who do you want on next? I'll, I'll, I'll make sure I get him on. Uh, well, uh, literally, uh, any, any, and I say, I say this to Matt. Uh, I say, if you can get any idiot, I mean, any player, that'd be great. <laughs> we're, we're very grateful for anybody who will come on. It just gives it just gives the fans an insight into a little bit of background about you, and also, you know, uh, keeps them up to date with what's going off the on and off the pitch. Uh, so we do thank you for doing this. Uh, and hopefully we'll be chatting to you before. Or, uh, well, I'm not, I won't say Wembley. I say it might be automatics yet. You never know. I'm on drugs. Fingers <laughs> <laughs> crossed. This has been Slimnet. Thanks for listening. Uh, join us again next week when we shall dissect uh, the tremendous performances at Plough Lane, New Plough Lane and uh, the Best Scott. See you then. Mm-hmm.